Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Mills, call sign Goose, and I am flying solo today. And before I get started, really excited to tell you about this Saturday coming up. We got two big things going on this Saturday, April 22nd. Um, you know, I've been talking about the Tribe Launch training event that we're doing here in Midlothian, Virginia. Excited about that. We got over 20 guys coming to that to learn how to launch tribes at their church. Uh, if you are just now hearing about this and you can get to the Richmond, Virginia area this Saturday and you want to be a part of it, uh, shoot us an email, info at mensalliancetribe.com or go check out the website, click on Tribe Launch for more info. But the other piece of great news happening this Saturday is Columbia Tribe is launching. It is in Hermiston, Oregon. Men's Alliance is hitting Oregon this Saturday at New Hope Church. Shout out to Ian Enriquez for putting together Columbia Tribe. They're going to be starting Saturday morning at 0600. Man, if you are in the Hermiston, Oregon area, get there Saturday morning. It's going to be an amazing 30-minute outdoor workout followed by a 30-minute devotion around a fire. This is a great way to meet like-minded Christian warriors in Oregon. So check out Columbia Tribe. All right, really excited about this topic today. Something that I've been just studying about, reading about in my own personal reading, and it's been very heavy on my heart. I just wanna share this with you guys. So we know that there are some things that as men, we just aren't good at. Okay, for me, one of the many things I'm not good at uh, is home remodeling. I just have zero skill when it comes to things like tiling, and I have zero interest in learning how to obtain that skill. I just don't care. I'm not good at it. I don't want to be good at it. I just don't care. If my bathroom or kitchen needs new tile, I'm calling a pro. It's not my area, and I don't want it to be. I don't do plumbing. I don't, I, I'm just afraid I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to flood the house. It's just something I don't want to do. I prefer not to do electrical, but I can do a little bit of it if I really have to. But, you know, I would much rather just call a friend who does it for a living. I'd much rather call a pro for home remodeling. Another thing I outsource that maybe you can relate to is music lessons for kids. Okay. I don't play an instrument and I don't know how to read music. So over the years, I've paid experts to teach my kids violin, piano, drums. Maybe you have outsourced similar areas to pros in your life. Maybe you pay someone to do your taxes, change the oil in your car, put a new roof on your house. 
you know, a lot of the time we're paying a pro to do something that we do know how to do ourselves. We just don't have the time for it. Maybe we just don't want to make the time for it. Or maybe it just makes more sense to pay someone so that we can focus our time, effort, energy, money on other things. Maybe you pay somebody to fertilize your yard. That's outsourcing it. We all outsource. And if we do it appropriately, strategically, it can save us a lot of time, money, frustration, and maybe even injury. But I want to tell you about one area of your life that you cannot afford to outsource. Okay, we're going to talk today about one area that the outsourcing has gone too far and we got to pull it back. We got to take this job back and stop outsourcing it. The spiritual growth of our families, especially our kids, spiritual growth. We got to stop outsourcing this. I think that a lot of men think of this just like music lessons where you drop your kid off at piano lessons and then you just kind of wait in your car. And if our kids are to learn piano, well, then that's going to be incumbent upon that random adult that we're writing a monthly check to. But when it comes to the spiritual development of our kids, we don't get to outsource it. Okay. It's not the responsibility of your youth director, however great they may be. It's not their responsibility to instill a Christian worldview in our kids. Okay, I want you to hear that. It's not the responsibility of your church, of your pastor, of your youth pastor. It's yours to instill a Christian worldview in your kids. The Bible does not call on pastors or church staff employees to shepherd your kids in the faith. Okay, it's the family. It's the family's job. It's the mother. It's the father. Let's look at a couple verses here together. Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to start Deuteronomy 6. Chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words I am commanding you today are to be upon your hearts, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. And I think if this were being written today, it would say, talk about it when you're going for a road trip. Talk about it when you're running errands in the truck together. Right? When you, when you have a meal together. Talk about it all the time. That's what this is saying. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. Speak of them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road. Okay? That's from Deuteronomy. I want to read you a couple more. We're going over to the New Testament now. Here's Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Children, 
Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well for you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Right there, it's to fathers. So it's to happen at home when we're lying down, when we're waking up, when we're going on trips. It's the father's job to bring up children in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is really neat from Psalms 78. I love the way this is worded. Psalm 78. He says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open up my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of our Lord, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. This is to be passed down from generation to generation. This is to be passed down from fathers, from mothers. Here's a Proverbs 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. So still while young, he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. So again, it's coming from the father while the child is still young, passed down generation to generation. Here's 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy is speaking to a man who is to be qualified to be an elder in a church. He says he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner full a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Here's 2 Timothy. This is really interesting. 2 Timothy, this is Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. And he is saying, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother and in your mother, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. Again, the generational from ancestor to generation to generation, from grandmother to mom, it's family. It's always family. That's where this responsibility is. Notice what we're not seeing here. Notice the words that we're not finding. We're not finding anything about youth pastors. Spiritual growth of our families, especially our kids, cannot be outsourced. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your financial support is tax deductible. 
Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. John Piper writes in a, a book he wrote called Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. He says this, and I quote, the mentality of the professional is not the mentality of the prophet. It is not the mentality of the slave for Christ. Professionalism has nothing to do with the essence and heart of the Christian ministry. The more professional we long to be, the more spiritual death we will leave in our wake, for there is no professional childlikeness. There is no professional tenderheartedness. There is no professional panting after God. Brothers, we are not professionals. We are outcasts. We are aliens and exiles in the world. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we wait with eager expectation for the Lord. You cannot professionalize the love for his appearing without killing it, and it is being killed. End quote. We have gotten too specialized, men. We're too stovepiped in our world. Too niche, too professional. As John Piper said, professionalism is killing the faith. The biblical model is fathers and mothers teaching their children, passing on their faith from one generation to the next. Vody Bauckham, one of my favorite speakers, in his outstanding book called Family Shepherds, which is on our uh, Men's Alliance reading list, by the way, explains that we should sit with our kids in church. We should help them find the verses in their Bibles and help them to take notes on a sermon. Not just drop them off in a different room to eat snacks and play games. Bauckham says there are two totally different churches going on under that roof. Two totally different experiences are being had by different members of the family. There's the ones for the kids and the ones for the adults. And the parents are just keeping their fingers crossed that those college interns in the other rooms who haven't raised kids of their own are going to raise our kids spiritually. Man, now that's pretty, that's pretty heavy. That's pretty hard-hitting. That's not a direct quote, by the way. That's my paraphrase of his book. But I want you to think about that. This is not to disparage the, the youth ministry workers at the churches. They're doing an awesome job. It's not their sole responsibility to shepherd your kid's heart is what I'm saying. They're doing a great job. They're doing a noble deed. But I wonder if we should have our kids sitting with us, right? I'm not talking about a nursery. I'm talking about kids' church, youth ministry, right? Why are we handing them off saying, in essence, you're not old enough to learn how to turn to the scripture or sit still for 45 minutes. Maybe we should bring them with us. Maybe we should have them sitting beside of us learning how to sit still through a message, learning how to find the scripture verses, learning how to take notes, writing down their questions and discussing them with us after church, in the car, over lunch. You think about who we are outsourcing the spiritual development of our kids to. A lot of times it's, it's young people that are in kids' ministries. It's college interns. It's people who haven't had kids, at least not older kids. They've never really done this. They, 
They don't know our kids the way we do. Who is more qualified to teach your kids than you are? And it's biblical, as I just went over all of those verses. Let me give you just a couple more. In verse 20, it says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. It goes on. It talks about wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving your wives, children obeying their parents, and fathers, do not embitter your children. And then it talks about workers to bosses, right? Those are the relationships it covers for instructions in Christian households. There's no professionals there. There's no full-time paid staff members, right? But yet we've gotten into this paradigm where we think we're going to outsource our kids' spiritual development to a quote-unquote professional. That's not the biblical model. Think about that. Dads, you are responsible. It's your job to read Bible stories to your kids, to teach them about Jesus, to tell them what it means to be a Christian, to explain John chapter 1 to them, to teach them about Romans 3.23 and 6.23, Acts 16.31 and John 14.6. It is our job to draw out their questions. There's no better time to do this than when you're driving together in the car or truck to give them the freedom to ask us tough questions like how we know the Bible is reliable, how we know Jesus rose from the dead, what is the evidence, how we know it's not fiction, and how we know that salvation is not by doing good deeds, but by grace through faith. These are our tasks, and we cannot outsource them. Outsource them. You see, churches where we and our kids should go to congregate with fellow believers, but it's not where we send our kids to be developed spiritually. We are the shepherds of our families, and it's a job we cannot outsource. Man, I want to challenge you this week to lead a family devotion. Make it fun. Maybe have dessert. But have your kids bring their Bibles. Maybe you're at the kitchen table or maybe you're sitting around in the living room, have your kids open them up and read verses out loud. If you don't know where to start, start with Romans 3.23. Have them read that one verse out loud and then discuss what it means. Then Romans 6.23 out loud and discuss what it means. Then Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9. Close with John 3.16. You can go through all of these with brief discussions. The whole thing is going to take you 10 to 15 minutes. If you've never led a family devotion, now's the time to do it. Be the family shepherd because you can't be replaced, Dad. Your job cannot be outsourced. Men, I am excited to be on this journey with you of being the family shepherds. We've got some great resources, some great books on our resource page. Check them out. Get a book. I highly recommend Family Shepherds by Vody Bauckham. If you're looking for more encouragement or more depth on this topic, but lead a family devotion this week. That's my challenge for all tribesmen. And I look forward 
to seeing each of you around the fire this Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.